0: Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. This teaching will be over John 6, where Jesus feeds the 5,000. This is one of my favorite teachings. It's interesting that Jesus has all the people sit down before he multiplies the food. Order has to come to disorder before the blessing comes. This piece of the story continually sticks out to me. Let's open up to John chapter 6 and see what Jesus has for us today. Well, good morning. Welcome to a new teaching. Today we're going to be discussing John 6 verses 1 through 13. It's an amazing story. It's uh, where Jesus feeds the, the 5,000. Some scholars say it's probably more around 20,000 people because it's uh, it's just the men that were counted. We're with women and children. It's very possibly 20,000 people that uh, that Jesus feeds here. When we look at this story, and really when we, when we study the Gospels, we just want to look deeply into the person of Jesus. The more you have eyes that see him and ears that hear him, the more attractive he will truly be to you. Uh, the more you'll want to spend time with him, the more you'll want to hang out with him. There really is nobody more cool to hang out with than Jesus. There's no one more fun, there's no one more exciting, there's no better relationship that we can have in our lives than a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And he wants that. It begins by becoming a Christian, by receiving Jesus as your savior, by calling on Him and asking Him to come into your heart to be the Lord of your life, to save you from your sin. Trusting Jesus as your Savior for the forgiveness of your sins is the beginning of a relationship with Him that'll carry on all the days of this life and into eternity. And it really is the most most valuable thing in this life is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And when we look into the scriptures, you want to study and, and when you read the Gospels, look at how Jesus acts, look at how he handles himself, look at his priorities, look at the questions he asks. And so we're going to do that now in John 6. I want to say a quick hello to my wife who's in Singapore, my wife May. I miss you, sweetheart, and uh, I love you. Hopefully you're having a wonderful time with, uh, with your friends and family there in Singapore. Thank you, Lord Jesus. John 6 Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is, the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the miraculous signs he had performed on the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and the men sat down, about five thousand of them. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the miraculous sign that Jesus did, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. So, back to verse 1. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. So again, we just see Jesus traveling with his disciples. The Bible is is very clear. It's very detailed. It's giving us just a detailed life. John is just telling us. John is traveling with Jesus. And he's writing down the things that Jesus said and did, where he went. Verse 2, when a great crowd of people followed him, because they saw the miraculous signs He had performed on the sick. Why are you following Jesus today? Oftentimes we follow Jesus because of the miraculous. And Jesus certainly is miraculous. Jesus can do miraculous things as surely as he did them 2,000 years ago. He can and does do them today. But the primary reason to follow Jesus is not for miraculous signs. You should be following Jesus. I need to be following Jesus because we have a heart for him today. Because you want to spend time with him. Because you want to grow in your relationship with him. You should know your need of Jesus. Every man and woman in all of history needs Jesus Christ to save them from their sins. The very first reason you follow Jesus is you know you need him. You know that he died on your behalf and in your place at the cross. You know that he was punished on your behalf and in your place Um, you know that you need him and by trusting in him as your savior and as your lord and again asking him to come into your heart and be the lord of your life and save you from your sin you begin this relationship with jesus christ verse three then jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples the jewish passover feast was near Jesus likes to sit down with his disciples. Are you a disciple of Jesus today? We've often talked about the difference between a Christian and a disciple. A Christian is someone who's received Jesus as their savior. They're spiritually alive. They're going to heaven when they die. Their sins are forgiven. They're truly saved. If you're a real Christian today, if you are genuinely trusting in Jesus as your savior right now, then you're a Christian. But Jesus, in Matthew 28, when he gave his commission to us, before he left this earth, he commissioned us, and he commissioned us to make disciples and to be disciples. A disciple is something more than a Christian. Again, a Christian is someone who has been forgiven of their sins, they're saved. A disciple now is more than that. A disciple is a disciplined follower of Jesus, an apprentice of Jesus, someone who who has a relationship with jesus who's walking in relationship with jesus and who's increasingly trying to more and more model every aspect of their lives after jesus and for jesus to jesus and through jesus there's nothing we can do in this life without jesus jesus said with me all things are possible without me you can do nothing It's through your relationship with Jesus and my relationship with Jesus that we grow closer to him, that we walk more intimately with him, and ultimately we have more joy and power and favor and blessing in everything we do. Sit down with Jesus today. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. If you're a disciple of Jesus, you can sit down with him. You can spend time with him. You can hang out with him. You can just chill with him you can be together. And there's nothing more beneficial in this life. There's nothing There's nothing more enjoyable in this life than sitting down and just having a conversation with Jesus. Jesus wants to be your friend today. He doesn't just want to be your Lord and your God and your master. He wants to be your friend. He wants to hang out with you. You can take a walk with Jesus and just spend time with him and tell him what's on your heart. Tell him the things that you're You're blessed about the things that make you happy. Tell him your frustrations. Uh, He can handle it. He's your friend. He wants to spend time with you. Be a disciple of Jesus. Commit today. If you think, you know what, I'm, I'm more of a Christian than I am a disciple, then make a decision that you want to be a disciple of Jesus today. Spend some time with Jesus today and say, Lord Jesus, you know, I'm sorry. I repent. I really have not pursued a relationship with you like a disciple, Lord. Jesus, help me to be a disciple for you today. Help me to be disciplined in my life with you. Help me to spend time in the Word of God on a consistent basis. Spend time in my Bible. Lord, help me to spend time in prayer and thanksgiving, Lord. Help me, Lord Jesus, to to really begin to model every aspect of my life after you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The areas of your life, take time to examine your life. The areas of your life that you see are out of place, just simply repent. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for the areas of my life that are out of place and name them. If it begins with not spending time with him, Lord, forgive me that I really haven't given you priority in my life. Forgive me, Lord, that I've made my wife or my children or my family or my work or my fun or my hobbies my priorities and not you, Lord Jesus. Forgive me, Lord Jesus. That's where it begins. It all begins in just sitting down and being truthful and candid with Jesus and just sharing your heart with him. Verse five, when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? We see Jesus's concern here. The crowd didn't come to him and and say, hey, we're hungry. Jesus, unsolicited, has a heart to feed these people. Again, when you see the heart of Christ, when you see his intentionality, when you see his thoughtfulness, when you see his concern for others. Lord, help me today um, to have a greater concern for the things that you have a concern for. Lord, help me to partner with you. You notice he offers Philip to partner with him here. Whatever you're doing, you want to invite Jesus into it. Whatever service you're doing, any aspect of your life, whether you're getting on a plane, whether you're going to work, whether you're having a day with your children, make Jesus a part of it. If you have a need, you definitely want to make Jesus a part of it. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Jesus wants to involve us in what he's doing. We are his ambassadors. And we want to involve him in what we're doing. We can oftentimes do an immense amount of work in service in our churches today, And have very little Jesus in it. In Revelation 2 to the church of Ephesus, Jesus explains to them that they're working hard, they're doing the deal. But they've forgotten their first love. They've lost their first love, which is Jesus himself. Whatever we do, we want to make Jesus a part of it. Again, you want to do it with Jesus, to Jesus, for Jesus, and through Jesus. We can oftentimes, again, get involved in service, which are all good things. We should be serving in the kingdom of God and helping others. But you want to partner with Jesus. And again, invite him into it through prayer. Just take a moment. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into this day today. I ask you to come into my heart. Uh, Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into this time of teaching and to be a part of this teaching, Lord. Normally, myself and... uh, the man who does these recordings, his name is Stephen. He's the IT guy for Kingdom Discipleship. Normally we would pray, but we forgot this morning. Neither one of us prayed and invited Jesus into this time. And uh, Lord, I do ask you to forgive us, Lord. Now it's not a religious thing. Of course he's here, but just to take a moment and to step back and say, Lord Jesus, we ask you to be a part of our time. We do ask you to come into this teaching. Holy Spirit, we ask you to to guide us today as uh, we teach the word of God. Lord, open my my heart and my mind to the scripture, Lord, and all those who hear this teaching, Lord, I ask you to open their minds, Lord, that they would, they would hear the word of God and that they would see Jesus. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. He asked Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Now, remember, 20,000 people Verse 6, he asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. I don't know why Jesus does this, but he he consistently takes time to test us. Verse 6, he asked this only to test him. Oftentimes throughout our day, we are being tested by Jesus. Jesus wants to see what's in our heart. Jesus wants to see our concern. Jesus wants to see how we handle things. And to do that, he has to test us. Now, I don't like to be tested. You know, sometimes when we're going through tests, or if you're taking a test, it's not the most enjoyable experience, right? Because when you take a test, you have to be prepared, I have one daughter, uh, Kristen, who's graduated college and she's already working. And the other daughter, Lauren, is finishing up here in a, in a few months. And I was just talking to her the other day and you know, she was taking uh, one of her final exams, one of her tests. And I was asking her about how, you know, how well prepared she was. And she thought it was pretty good and she ended up doing pretty good. But when Jesus tests us, how prepared we are is going to come to the forefront. Jesus is consistently testing us and some tests we pass and others we fail, but it will always come down to preparation just like it does in this life. How do we prepare for the tests that Jesus puts in front of us? Well, very simply, the more we spend time with Jesus, the more we cultivate our relationship with him, the more priority we give to the word of God, the bigger priority we give to just having a growing prayer life, a life of of prayer, a life of praise and thanksgiving, just spending time thanking our Heavenly Father, thanking Jesus, thanking the Holy Spirit for everything in our lives. The more we cultivate our relationship with Him and walk with Him, and above all, the more we obey Him, right? We spend time in the Word of God so It feeds us. It's the living Word of God, as we talked about in the last teaching. But ultimately, as we read and study the Word of God, we need to obey what we read. The more we do all these things, the more we will cultivate our relationship with Jesus. The better we'll get to know Him. The more we'll be on the same page with Him. And in these things, we'll always pass the test if we're on the same page with Jesus. You've heard the saying, what would Jesus do? that's the answer to every question on the test. Wherever you are, with whomever you're with, whatever you're doing today, you consistently, when you come to a situation, you want to ask yourself or remind yourself, you know, what would Jesus do here? What's the heart of Jesus here? He asked this only to test him. Jesus is consistently and lovingly testing us for so he can see what's in our heart. You know, if we don't if we don't get tested, we can't find out where we are on the you know, on the scale. Now again, we're not talking about salvation here. We're talking about he's testing Philip. Philip is saved. Philip is a disciple of Jesus, but he wants to see what's in Philip's heart. For the rest of verse 6 said for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Jesus doesn't ever ask us a question that he doesn't already know the answer to. Jesus already knows what he's going to do, but he wants to involve us. He wants to test us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you do involve us, that you do partner with us. Thank you, Father. I mean, there's nothing more exciting than partnering with Jesus in something. Verse 7 is, uh, is pretty good. You know, Philip is, you know, I I see so much of myself here and, you know, we'll all be able to see this in verse seven. You know, Philip doesn't know. Maybe Jesus has been out in the sun a long time. You haven't been sleeping good, Jesus. But verse seven, Philip answered him, eight months wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Jesus, I don't know if you're confused. Um, Where are we going to buy bread for these people to eat? And it does beg the question as to why Jesus, you know, says, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Philip says, Jesus, I know you've got a lot going on here. I know you've been out in the sun a long time. But let me help you out because eight full months wages will not feed each person here a bite of food. And so... Oftentimes, when Jesus asks us questions, again, he already has in mind what he's going to do, but we miss it. Philip misses the point here, right? The point is we can't feed all. Philip should have said, Lord Jesus, we cannot feed all these people. We need you, Lord Jesus, to come into this situation. I need you to show up, Lord Jesus. I need you to do something because uh, we can't buy enough food, but we got Jesus here. We have Jesus on the scene, so it's going to be good, Lord. Philip should have just been cool and said, um, Lord, we cannot buy food for these people. But you know what? You can handle it. We have Jesus on the scene. So, Lord, I'm here with you, so I'm just excited to see what you're going to do. Oftentimes, we try to do things on our own strength. That's possibly what Jesus is trying to show Philip here, that he cannot, in his own strength, feed 20,000 people. Right? Again, we're saying 20,000. It's 5,000 men. There are almost certainly women and children there, so some scholars have said it could be up to 20,000 people. Lord Jesus, help us today to involve you in everything we do. Lord, forgive us where we try to do things on our own strength without making Jesus a part of it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 8, another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? So another disciple we have here comes in, Peter's brother Andrew. He speaks up. He hears the conversation that Jesus is having with Philip. And he he says, you know, Lord, here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. So a little boy had, had some food with him. And we're going to find out that apparently that little boy was willing to, to give his loaves and his fish to Jesus. What do you have today to offer to Jesus? What are your five small barley loaves today and, and two small fish because Jesus will receive them and Jesus will use them in ways that we can never imagine. What do we have to give to Jesus today? I'm not just talking about money. Obviously, we need to give in the advancement of the kingdom of God. You need to be given a portion of your money. A tithe is a good place to start to advance the kingdom of God. So, um, I haven't talked a lot about money. But you want to give where disciples are being made. You want to give where the advancement of the kingdom of God is happening. Sometimes that's at church. Other times that's at other ministries. Sometimes that may be with missionaries. But you want to give to the work of the gospel. You want to give where you can actually see disciples being made. You want to give where you're being discipled, where you're being taught, where you're being exhorted. You ought to have men and women of God in your life that are consistently exhorting you to walk more deeply and intimately with Christ. And that's where you want to give your resources in the advancement of the kingdom of God. But this is talking about much more than that here. Certainly, we want to, we want to give our, our money to the advancement of God's kingdom. And the Lord will receive that and he will use it. But what else do you have for Jesus today? What are your five small barley loaves and two small fish? Because when you put these in the hands of Christ, when you partner with Jesus, there's a lot he can do with small barley loaves. And there's a lot he can do with two small fish. If you're willing to put it in the hands of Jesus, if you're willing to to turn it over to Jesus, it could be your problems. You could have some, some serious issues today. Maybe there's some sickness. Maybe there's some relational problems, financial problems. If you put them in the hands of Jesus, it's amazing what he can do with them and the change that will occur. Lord Jesus, help us today. Show us today, Holy Spirit, what are our five small barley loaves today and our two small fish that we can give to you, Lord, so that you can use them, Lord, in any way you choose. Maybe you want to feed 20,000 people. Maybe your barley loaves today are an encouraging word. Maybe there's someone in your life that you need to say to talk to today and tell them, you know, the answer is Jesus. As a side note, the answer to every question at its foundation is Jesus and more Jesus the answer to every problem is Jesus. Now, again, obviously we have to do our part. You know, if we, don't, if we don't have a job today, we need to get up and we need to go look and to pursue work and to give Jesus something to work with. And again, you want to invite Jesus into whatever your situation is. You want to do your part. If you do your part and you're willing to partner with Jesus and give him your small barley loaves and your two fish, You'll never know, we'll never know what he can and will do with them. Lord, we ask you to show us this day. Just just give us uh, some eyes that see, Lord Jesus, and ears that hear all you can do with our barley loaves, Lord, and show us today what what are our barley loaves, Lord? What are our fish? What are the things we need to, to give to you today and partner with you today, Lord Jesus? Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Verse 10, Jesus just so cool. Verse 10, Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place. And the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Um, Obviously, the women and children would have sat down as well. This is interesting. Have the people sit down. Jesus will not give his blessing in the middle of chaos. I got to imagine 20,000 hungry people is a chaotic scene. There's a lot going on. His instructions, five words, have the people sit down. Wherever you are today, whatever your struggle is, just sit down today and just talk to Jesus. Just sit down. And invite Jesus into it. Andrew, Philip, have the people sit down. Just sit down. For the blessing to come, the blessing of God doesn't come when we're frantic, when things are chaotic. Just sit down today and get peaceful before Jesus. And I know it's not easy. Many times it's not, it's, it's much easier said than done, but sit down. And just get quiet with Jesus. Just meditate. Don't even say a word. Maybe I don't do this enough. Just sit down. Don't eat, don't talk. Just sit down and think about Jesus. Jesus said, "Have the people sit down. Sit down with somebody today and pray with them." There was plenty of grass in that place, and the men sat down. About five thousand of them. Verse eleven is the heart in my opinion, of this entire teaching. Verse 11 is so overwhelming, there's no words for it. Verse 11, Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. The key to verse 11, what did Jesus ask for? Jesus has a problem. He needs to feed five thousand men, not counting women and children. And he's got five little pieces of bread, loaves of bread, and two fish. I would be somewhat frantic, praying and asking and asking and asking and asking my heavenly father. I'd be praying to Jesus. I, you know, we'd be running around. You'll notice in verse 11, Jesus doesn't ask for anything. When you see the heart of Jesus, and I talked earlier about how attractive Jesus is. He takes the five loaves, and he takes the two fish. Jesus then took the loaves. And all he did was give thanks. And you'll notice, when Jesus thanked his father for what he did have, as opposed to simply complaining and fearing about what he did not have. He had all that he needed. And it's going to say they picked up 12 baskets full of leftovers in verse 13. Father, I ask that this heart would be in us today. Lord, we ask you to give us eyes to see all that you have already done. Lord Jesus, help us to be thankful today for all that you have done, as opposed to just complaining about what you haven't done. Father, help us to be thankful today for all that we do have, as opposed to just complaining about all that we don't have. There is nothing that moves the heart of our Heavenly Father like genuine thanksgiving, just giving thanks to Him. Take a prayer walk today and just be thankful. Get in the habit of taking little times with Jesus, whether it's a walk, whether you're just sitting in your office or driving in your car, and just have a time of giving thanks. It could be five minutes where all you do for five minutes is just thank jesus thank your heavenly father thank the holy spirit for all the things that they've done in your life whatever it is just take time and just give thanks today father we just thank you today for your mercy and goodness on our lives we thank you for your provision we thank you father for the word of god We thank you, Father, that our sins are forgiven in Jesus Christ. We thank you for our work, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the provision you have given us in the way of our finances, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for our health. We thank you for our wives and our children. We thank you for our mothers and our fathers, Lord. We thank you, Father, for all the blessings he's given us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Take time today and just thank him personally, for the blessings in your life, the things you're just genuinely thankful for. The the blessings he's given us are beyond our understanding. But I know that in this situation, I would not just simply be thankful, unfortunately, for these five small loaves and these two fish. I would be focused on all that I didn't have. Jesus, are you kidding me here? I got 20,000 people and I got a fine young man here that's offering me his lunch, but what am I supposed to do with that? And in my relationship with Jesus, I'd I'd be frustrated. Have a heart of thanksgiving today. Take whatever you do have because it all belongs to Jesus anyway. He gave it to you. Whatever you have today has come from him. Psalm 24 says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all who live in it, everything belongs to God. So whatever we have today is his property. So just thank him for all that he has done. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. Gave thanks for the fish. And again, when he was thankful for what he did have, as opposed to complaining about all that he didn't have. The heavenly father multiplied so that he had enough and they picked up 12 baskets full. Golly, thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I ask you to open our eyes today that we can learn this principle of thanksgiving. Lord, I repent for not being a thankful man as I ought to be. And I ask you to forgive me, Lord, and help me to genuinely give thanks for for the unlimited blessings that I do have, that I might be increasingly blessed. Can you imagine if your child comes to you and just looks at you and just says, thank you, Mom, for all that you've given me. Thank you, Dad. I mean, very few of us would know what that's like, right? Let's have a heart of thanksgiving today, and let's repent for where we haven't been thankful. Wow. Verse 12. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. 13. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who... Who had eaten. Have a heart today to let none of the blessing of Jesus to be wasted. Now, certainly this applies to food, right? We've all heard that there are people hungry and starving all over the world that would love to have your first world leftovers. If any of you have traveled to third world countries, you've you've perhaps seen. I have I have seen firsthand what third world poverty looks like. And and it's it's very difficult to see. We have so much in first world countries, wherever you are. I'm in the United States, in Texas. And the blessing on our life is uh, is overwhelming. The food we throw out every day could easily feed a third world country. Gather the pieces that are left over. These four words, let nothing be wasted. Take time and look at the areas of your life. Again, whether it be physical or physical. Whether it be financial, where there's some waste in your life. Lord Jesus, show me today where I'm I'm being wasteful. Maybe it's with my time that I'm that I'm being wasteful. Jesus said, Let nothing be wasted. Those words are red letter words. Let nothing be wasted. Lord Jesus, help us today to examine our hearts and to, and to repent where we're wasteful. In whatever it is, Lord, gather the pieces that are left over. Jesus, when you look at Jesus here, do you see how he has a heart? He's just fed 5,000 men, perhaps 20,000 with women and children, but he still has a heart thinking about that, you know, there's going to be other people who are hungry. You know, most of us, when we filled our stomach, we're not worried about anyone else. Lord Jesus, help us to be like you today. Lord, I want to be like you. Help me after I've eaten. Verse 12 says, when they all had enough to eat, he said, gather the pieces. Normally, when we have enough to eat, we're not thinking about anyone else. Lord, help us to be more like you today. To have a heart like you. That after we've had our food, or our fun, or our enjoyment, or whatever it is, that we would have a heart to bless others. Lord, there's so much left over in our lives. Help us to use it to be a blessing to others. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets. Again, thankful for what you do have. And there are 12 baskets, not 12 pieces. We started out with five barley loaves and two fish, and now we're filling 12 baskets. One basket can't handle it. Can I get another basket? No, this is the leftovers. Leftovers. If you'll grow and I'll grow to begin to have a thankful heart to our Father, to our Lord Jesus, we'll have more left over than we can bear. There'll be more left over blessing than there is blessing. There's not even words for this. Golly, Lord Jesus. (laughs) Wow. Lord, help us to have thankful hearts today. Help us to have eyes to see what we do have and to be thankful for it. Verse 14, after the people saw the miraculous sign Jesus did, that Jesus did, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who was to come into the world. The Old Testament prophesied that a Messiah would come into the world, a savior in the world. And when they saw Jesus move in this way, their eyes were opened. Verse 15, Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, Withdrew again to a mountain by himself. This is important. Jesus didn't come to be an earthly king. In his first. When he first came into the world 2000 years ago. Jesus came to be a suffering servant. Now he'll come again as a conquering king. And he is our king and our Lord and our master. But that wasn't why he came. He came to die for the sins of the world. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. He came to teach the word of God that he said. He came to, to heal the brokenhearted, right? To bind up those who are sick, to proclaim the word of God in the year of God's favor. Jesus didn't come for natural, a natural kingship in his first coming, but he will come again. The Bible teaches that Jesus Christ will come again and he will be king then. He'll be the Lord of heaven and earth. Matthew 28, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and earth is given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. Let's be disciples of Jesus today, and let's make disciples of Jesus today. It says here that knowing their intentions, he withdrew again. There are times in our lives where the Lord will show us where we need to withdraw, where we need to walk away. Jesus walks away from power here. Jesus knowing that they intend to come and make him king by force. Very, very few of us, very few people are willing to walk away from power. As a side note, very rarely does more power make us better people. Almost always more power is much harder to steward, much harder to manage, and it almost always makes us, makes us worse. We ought to be careful and thoughtful when we are being moved into positions of more power, more authority. We're going to be a bigger boss, we really ought to walk in the fear of God. And there's times where Jesus will have us to say no. Now again, there's times where Jesus is promoting us. And as his people, we do need disciples of Jesus to be in positions of power. In the fear of God. If you're in a position of power today. If you're a boss today. Be a boss for Jesus. You have a boss and that's Jesus. And you will be accountable to him. I will be accountable to him. I'm the president of our ministry. Kingdom discipleship. And I'm accountable for that. There will be times where Jesus will have us to walk away. From something that's attractive. Jesus knowing that they intended to make him king. Lord, give us eyes to see today and ears to hear not only the blessings you do have for us, but the things that we perhaps need to walk away from, Lord, that are not for us. Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your mercy and goodness on our lives. We thank you for the word of God. Father, show us this day what are, what, what are the, the barley loaves that we have and the small fish that we have that we can partner with you. Lord, help us today to, to truly repent over not being a thankful people, Lord. Father, we are not a thankful people. When I look at my heart, Lord, I see so much more room to be a genuinely thankful man, Father, I need to be a thankful son. And I ask you to help me with that, Lord. Lord, I have little doubt that your heart is to pour out the blessings of heaven on us. But apparently that can't happen until we will decide to be a thankful people. Help us, Lord, to give thanks today. Uh, I think it's 1 Thessalonians 5.17, 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Give thanks in all circumstances. Whether we feel like it or not today, help us to be thankful, men and women of God. Father, we love you, we bless you, and we thank you. We give you thanks, Father, for the word of God. We thank you, Lord, for for this message. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. For more information about our ministry, please visit www.kingdomd.org.